people in the U.S. military what's the creepiest most paranormal thing you have encountered during your service? This took place on Fort Carson Army Base, Colorado Springs, CO in the summer of 2011. I'm a civilian so not accustomed to the military life, but I have an odd occurrence from being a contractor on nearby military bases. This was strange but not as mysterious as most of the top stories, so I'm working on an army base with two other individuals, doing invasive weed surveys at known locations where specific invasive species have been mapped in Archgis for several years. The area we were at was a small grassy field next to the parking lot of a veterinarian clinic on post. The three of us are doing our vegetation surveys for a couple hours in the afternoon. We are all staring at the the ground counting plants and identifying each species. We are in between a road and the parking lot so we see traffic coming and going. At about 3.30 the veterinarian clinic closes and there are only two or three vehicles in the parking lot. We assume the employee are just finishing closing up. And sure enough we see two ladies come out the front door and then leave in their vehicles. So the only vehicle is our own work truck. As we are slowly making it through this arduous task of cataloging invasive weeds specifically at this site field bindweed was the nuisance an SUV drives into the parking lot and then backs up into a parking spot near the end of the building. One guy in army fatigues jumps out and runs up to the building to open the door and prop it open. The other guy gets out and opens the cargo area on the SUV. Then the two men in fatigues pull another guy who appears to be unconscious, out the back of the vehicle and carry him onto the building we couldn't see into the back of the vehicle due to being on the other side of the parking lot. All three of us saw this and look at each other like WTF did we just see. About 10 minutes later another vehicle comes into the parking lot. It's a Toyota Prius so we assume it is the personal vehicle of whomever is driving. And this guy in civilian clothing gets out and walks up to the side entrance that the other two men carried their unconscious comrade through. We were perplexed and trying to understand what we just saw. We had no idea what could have been going on. Just to note to any readers, there was a huge hospital on the base and it was less than a 1-4 mile away from our location. So we really could not understand why an unconscious man would be taken in through a side door of a veterinarian clinic. After hours, by two other men. My grandpa was in the Navy in the Vietnam era. He and his crew were in Panama for a brief stay. And he was told to guard a pier with another man to look out for gorillas. He was given a gun that wasn't loaded. Because if he shot someone that was attacking him he could cause an international conflict. So he and this other man started from the middle of the pier and walked in opposite directions and would meet back in the middle every 10 minutes or so. My grandpa was on the half of the pier that went further into the water, while the other man would go to the beginning of the pier. That connected to the shore and nearly went into the jungle where gorillas were known to frequent. It was about 30 minutes before the end of his duty, when my grandpa arrived to the middle of the pier alone. He waited for a few minutes but the other man didn't show to meet him there. My grandpa walks to the end of the pier and back twice, manning his post. The other guy never meets him in the middle again and when the two other men show up to relieve them, they said they didn't see the other guard either. My grandpa later found out that the man had fallen asleep while walking the pier and fell into the water. He was found alive and put in the brig. My grandpa never saw him again. There is a Honda KC-135 Stratotanker. Maintainers that know of her have affectionately started referring to her as Spook 50 due to the tail number ending in 50. Spooky's story involved a small panel on the top of the cockpit behind the pilots being blown off in flight. The pressure inside the aircraft rushed out and caught a crew member who was standing directly below it. The poor guy got his head and one of his arms sucked out of the hole, but his other shoulder and midsection wedged into the gap plugging it. His head was blasted with 300 miles per hour freezing wind. His ribs were crushed by the pressure differential, and he was suffocating. Some of the other people on board tried to pull him down, but it was no use. They landed with his body half-sucked out of the jet, and he was pronounced dead right there. This happened in the 70s and is actually pretty well documented. 
Fortunately the panel that they lost was redesigned and there haven't been any problems since. For those of us who have been deployed or stationed with her, you'll sometimes hear someone walking around on the jet while you are downstairs doing forms or waiting to be picked up. Sometime when she's sitting by herself, you'll see her light up like external power is on when it isn't. It's just one of those things no one knows for sure is true but all 135 maintainers have a story about. I was taking my shift in the guard tower at our fire base in Afghanistan one clear night. Through my night vision I saw something hovering above an LPOP we had about one kilometer from outbase. It appeared to have lights on the edges of the triangular craft and it looked like it was dropping flares over the guys at the LPOP. However, without the night vision I couldn't see the craft or the flares at all. I radioed the LPOP and they said that they couldn't see anything at all. The craft and the flares then disappeared. I also saw a very large circular craft without lights pass over Fob Ghazni that was being chased by a bunch of choppers. And a guy that glowed when viewed through my night vision stepped being a bush in an empty field and never came out was in Iraq for a little over 8 months few years ago, was stationed in Taji outside Baghdad, where everyone sleeps in basically converted shipping containers, above each of these is a concrete pad designed I think to absorb the impact of mortars rockets other bullshit launched at us by the locals, directly above the connex I slept in, it was clearly obvious that at some point an explosive of some type had impacted, the concrete pad was completely missing and mauled, as was the concrete below, no clue if anyone died. But something that happened and clearly was devastating. I fell asleep one day after running non-stop missions outside the wire for last two days. Woke up in middle of night and felt eyes of me. I look in corner of my room and see a figure standing there looking at me. Being half an out I'd sleep. I stand up and point my rifle at the figure just looming the corner I didn't even have a mag in. In a few seconds, it just faded away and I found myself standing in room pointing my empty rifle at the corner. Lucky for me, roommate was still fast asleep. I have a rare condition where like sleep paralysis I can have hallucinations when waking. Difference for me is I could walk around and interact for a few seconds with hallucinations still in room. Happens when very stressed or overtired I was both. That was first time it happened and terrified me for a few months after. Not exactly paranormal, but scare the shit out of you if no clue what is going on. Navy Magazine in Guam, 2014 I was training to be staff duty officer and was shadowing my trainer. We enter the chief's mess to secure the building and arm the security system and we hear this weird noise so we investigate. We find the missile chief's office TV was on and cycling down in channel numbers. Okay, turn off the TV and continue closing everything down. It's known to everybody there's weird stuff that happens around the magazine but we just brush it off. As we are walking through the assembly bays and locking doors the SDO actual curses and says he left the briefcase in the chief's mess. Duh arm the system and walk back inside to hear the same sound from before. We immediately beeline for the missile chief's office. The TV is back on but now it is cycling up in channels. Okay. Duck this. SDO pulls the plug on the TV but it stays on still cycling up in channels. He calls the watch captain and explains what's going on and that we're finished with securing the compound despite not locking everything up. We lock the gates and hightail it out of there. Didn't find the briefcase and just said duck everything until tomorrow morning. I've only told this story once before to the grown children of one of the men that died. I'll say now that I suffered from lack of sleep as well as shock when a man attempted to rape me, which caused even more stress. The day before three men in my unit died, I was casual friends with one and the other two were respected officers. I didn't see them die but I saw most of what was left that shock added to almost two days and nights without sleep and then to be attacked. Well it's understandable that I might have hallucinated. When he attacked me I remembered what the instructor in a rape prevention class had said. Use anything if you're going to fight back and remember your best weapon is your mind. He was attacking me and I knew there would be no help coming since we were in an isolated area. I looked away to the side and I swear I saw the three men who had died the day before. I saw them as clearly as I saw my attacker. One of them, 
the enlisted one, nodded to me, as if to say I would be okay, as if that were the signal to my brain I started a hysterical, I guess you'd say babbling, about how I was going to die just like what happened to my friends the day before, I described the carnage of their remains and told them I would be joining them soon, I don't have any idea what went through my attacker's head but he stopped grabbing me and even set my clothes to rights and started apologizing over and over, from his words I gathered he was Catholic and I told him he needed to go to confession and talk to his priest, then I got the hell out of there as fast as I could, is there such a thing as double shock, if I hadn't have seen them I might never have tried what I did, or maybe they suggested it, I don't know, ghosts or, a hallucination from an overtaxed mind, you decide, me, I don't want to decide one way or another, it just was, I saw them, they were dead and had died the day before, they saved me or I saved myself, or both, this has bothered me for almost 40 years, even if it was a hallucination I can help feeling that they saved me. Different kind of creepy, Air Force 3E0 Multiply 2, Power Production Technician, we worked with backup power generators, they are often in plant rooms which are dark, dank rooms full of machinery like HVAC, gas lines, water systems, and electrical panels, on military installations, many buildings have their own generator so that we can operate any operation at any time, even without grid power, to simulate power failure, we shut off the main breaker supplying the building with power, after a few seconds, the generator and electrical panel will sense power failure, start the generator, and, automatically switch from commercial to generator power, because this interruption annoyed a lot of people and temporarily put down critical systems like radio and radar. We would often schedule these tests in advance. One morning, we scheduled a test of the main building that powered the antennas for the base-wide radio network. It was something super early, like 6 a.m. We noticed the light is on in the plant room, and we can smell the unmistakable scent of black and mild cigars. My first thought was that someone from our shop already scheduled the test and were there working on the generator since we had some black and mild smokers in the shop. When we opened the door, we can see a laptop, a stepladder, and an airman on an office chair jerking off while watching porn and smoking a black and mild cigar. He was someone from the calm squadron. He probably thought there was no way in hell someone was going to come into the dusty old plant room under lock and key at 6 a.m. while everyone is supposed to be starting PT. My colleague and I went back to the shop and told everyone the story. Laughing our asses off, our punk-ass shop foreman at the time was all mad and called their squadron to complain. He got in trouble. To be honest the humiliation for him was enough that I wasn't gonna tell anyone on him. I thought it would be a fun inside joke but those old crusty senior non-commissioned officers don't like jokes. I was in the Marine Corps training in Pensacola, Florida at the Navy Air Crew Candidate School. We were getting x-rays done at the nearby Med Bay. It was half empty. It was also located between our barracks and the creepy lighthouse. Four of us Marines were waiting to be seen. Going in one by one. I wasn't first and I wasn't last to be called in. The lights were mostly off. I figured it was because only a few rooms in that building were being used so why waste electricity. I was called up. I walked through the door. It was dark. To my right was a single door. Then a set of double doors. This grabbed my attention because the double doors didn't match the other door at all. I kept walking to the end where the last door was. Which was where the x-ray machine was located. I got my x-rays. No problem but it honestly felt like I was in the dungeon, they sent me away to wait with the others, so I walked back toward the hallway which I came, I passed one single door on my left, I immediately felt something was wrong, the fact that the double doors weren't there, the hallway was a much shorter walk, I was freaked out, but kept my cool, I told my buddies, thinking they would just laugh me off, but no, they said this place freaks them out, I don't know what it's supposed to mean, I remember the two windows in the double doors were dark, with a light at the end of the room, I wish I knew what was behind those doors, I wished it would reappear to validate my sanity. 
One night, around 0300 I was walking around sneaking a cigarette always hide the cherry in your palm, and it was as all of the sound, including the drizzle, suddenly stopped, my shadow got very, very dark, and almost seemed to ooze like oil. I stood still, if you've ever been hunted by an animal, or a human, you know what I mean when I say I got very, very still, I don't know how long I stood there, suddenly wishing I could talk to my father who used to be a minister, we don't talk anymore, and part of me got angry that I was such a chicken shit, so I started back at that oily shadow and lit up another smoke, I don't even know if I talked out loud to it, I don't even remember my exact words, just that I felt angry and I was no longer prey, not a ghost story, maybe more my own demons coming out to get me, I never heard any story and because like that, hungry shadows. Submariner here I've been in the engine room, mostly alone but for one other guy who was with me, and we both saw someone walking forward of where we were, the other guy went to follow him, since I couldn't leave where I was, there was no path to an exit in the direction he went, so the only way from him to leave was to walk back past where I was, but the only person who ever came by was the guy I was with earlier, dude just ducking vanished, also, flickering lights are ducking creepy as shit, obviously, when we're submerged, there's no source of external light, so if lights go out it gets really ducking dark, watching some lights flicker and then, just go out was creepy as all hell, since I was plunged into near complete darkness, turns out a short had developed on one knee of the lighting strings at the exact same moment that we opened the breaker for the other string to replace a ballast. My friend just returned home a month ago on leave from Okinawa, and he told me a story about his company or something I am not sure, a group of marines anyways going to climb mountain Fuji, they drove a bus up to their starting point but on the way to the climb the bus driver slammed on his brakes and everyone freaked out and looked out front, my friend then told me everyone saw a goat with a mane made of flames, and glowing red eyes, he told me it made chills shoot down his spine, and he could barely breathe, everyone in the bus saw the beast he said, but no one would talk about it afterwards because they were too afraid to, mention it, he also tells a story about how one night late into his shift in the armory he was working on some firearm when out of nowhere ammo cans had been flung off the shelf and a nail scratching noise was heard, he was the only one on duty when it happened, he said it scared the ever loving Jesus out of him. Air Force member here. At my old base McCord AFB there is a building known as the castle and it is the main hub for the base. I worked there for four years and I experienced something on two occasions. One I had stayed late to finish up some work and emails. And I was the last one in the office. From down the hall, I heard talking that sounded like my supervisor and another airman talking. I walked down that way on my way out to say bye. And as I turned the corner, the talking stopped and no one was there. I hightailed it out of there. Two the second happened at my desk. I had gone in on a weekend to work on a project and while sitting at my desk I heard a male's voice whisper get out into my right ear. I was completely alone and I have never been more freaked out in my life. I never worked by myself in that office ever again. I was not military but I think this story kinda qualifies. I was a camp counselor for a summer camp outside of Boston MA one year. Our camp took a field trip to Georgia's Island on Boston Harbor to visit Old Fort Warren. Fort Warren was primarily used as a Confederate prison during the Civil War. Anywho, this place has loads of dark and damp quarters and just filled with creepy vibes I loved it. It was a hot and sunny July day and our tour guide took us down through a passage that was completely and utterly pitch black. These conditions lasted for maybe 100 feet or so. My group was too young to be left unsupervised, so we had to basically tie them together and follow single file against the granite wall. The National Park Rangers who were giving the tour were playing jokes on the kids and scaring them throughout lighthearted jokes. Nothing to WTF our kids were spooked but really enjoyed it. Now comes the good shit. I was 15 so I was a junior counselor. 
Juniors got all the grunt work of summer camp life haha. So my senior counselor says to go back through the past and get the next group a group of older kids and tell them to come through. Since our little ones were clear, I was not really digging that idea but I had no choice. So I begin to briskly walk down the black corridor you had to take a corner at both ends to exit this stretch. So for most of the corridor, you are in complete darkness. I could finally see the faint glow of the daylight at the far end and right when I felt relived. A person crossed the light from right to left very quickly. It was a smaller outline of a person so I instantly thought it was an older kid from our camp. Hey who is that? Group 7 or 8? No answer. No sound of walking. Nothing. The creepy part is that the way the shadow moved to the left would put them right up against the granite wall. So I got instantly sketched out that someone was about to scare the shit out of me. So I veered further right of the quarter to avoid this scare. Still convinced that one of my campers was going to jump scare me. I slushed through some puddles and almost lost my footing. So I used the right wall of the corridor for support. I get to about the spot where I think the person is laying in wait and almost fall. Because there is a doorway on the right side and all my weight was basically thrown through it since I was using the wall for support and guidance in the dark. Now I'm in the doorway for this massive chamber. Still pitch black and musty, but I can tell it's huge just from the echoes. I get this insanely I should not be here feeling and bolt down the corridor to the end of the darkness and into the courtyard where the next three groups have assembled. I'm out of breath. Shoes soaked and my shirt dirty from rubbing on the walls. My other counselors are all looking at me like I'm nuts as I'm asking if any of the kids were in there. None of them were. They were all accounted for. They even told me that no one had gone in after my group. Since they were, there the whole time waiting for me to come get them. A minutes later, one of the park rangers came through the tunnel and I ran up to him to ask him if he or another ranger was in there either to scare us kids or for safety purposes. He looks at me and instantly asks if I heard anything. I say no. But I am 100% sure I saw someone cross my path from that doorway that lead from that big ass chamber room. He proceeds to tell me that for the most part, his crew avoids that hallway due to hearing the voice of the lady in black, and that none of his men were in there. So back through the darkness we go. Though this time we have like 40 of our older 11-13 year olds kids running up and down the quarter hooting and hollering, trying scare everyone. One of them discovered the big chamber room and soon they are all in there exploring. The rangers were explaining to the groups what the room and quarter's main purpose was during the civil war, but I noped out of there fast as I couldn't rejoin my young campers on the other side. I have no idea what it was down in the darkness, but I'm deadly positive it was a woman's silhouette crossing my path in the depths of that awesome old fort. I've typed too long of a novel, but Google Fort Warren and the Ghost of the Lady in Black shouldn't be too hard to find on there. 1010 would recommend going to Georgia's Island. This didn't happen while I was in the military, but rather on an overnight on a battleship when I was younger. Walking the halls of a retired ship in the middle of the night headed to the head restroom you can't help but notice the movements in the corners. And behind you, like someone is there but isn't at the same time. Walking past birthing sleeping quarters you could see movements in the empty racks beds hung three high from the ceiling. It's super unnerving to say the least. Now for while I was active duty, I spent a lot of time in the woods and landing zones on a base in North Carolina. Deep in the woods in the middle of the night can be a sketchy place. Not just because of bears, raccoons and the like but it's an old place. I remember hearing things all the time while standing watch over sites we had set up. 5-7 would advise joining and spending time alone in the woods. Good time. Well I got out to the US Army couple years back. During one of my deployments in Afghanistan, I am gonna say around summer 2010. Me and my good buddy and a squad mate of mine by the name of Hartman shared a Jew. It's like a container with built-in ACAKA or home for the next year. Though it was small, it was comfortable. I am getting off track. One day we got off a 16-hour mission all everyone wanted was a cold shower and a warm meal from the chow hall. So after leaving the motor pool Hartman and I head over to our Jew. 
Me and him are close. We usually do everything together. Hit the gym. Hit up the chow hall. So every time one decides to do something we would ask each other if they want to come with. So we went to the showers came back. Mind you we wearing our PT uniforms. Not ACUs. He said let me just call my wife on Skype and we'll hit up the chow hall. I said okay I'll just step outside for a smoke and wait for you. While outside smoking not even 5 molly newts I see him walking about 20 yards heading towards the motor pool in ACUs. I know it's him cause he is skinny tall white dude in our company with glasses. I also recognized our unit badge. So me and one of my buddies saw so we start yelling his name. He didn't respond so we started following him thinking he probably forgot something in the motor pool. Mind you our motor pool is a good half mile from our living quarters. So we saw him walk briskly through a row of vehicles. And as we're walking towards where he went, I swear we can hear somebody giggling. Assuming it was a joke we searched the whole motor pool. Duck bro there was no ducking body. And right behind where our vehicle is at is a wall. Couldn't go anywhere even if you wanted to. Slightly freaked out my buddy in a double time tour chew where Hartman was. Laying there talking to his wife on Skype. I knew it wasn't him cause if he ran back from the motor pool we would have seen him. All I know is that shit got me freaked. Sorry for the long ass post and the grammar. Sort of mixed feelings about this one. But I think it's fine. Also, it's not exactly creepy. More just of a wow. Alright, moment. Just some background information my grandpa was military no surprise there. He served in the Vietnam War as a sort of heavy duty equipment operator. He was also stationed in South Korea on the border with North Korea. The true paranormal part came around when he ended up getting cancer he was a smoker. I was too young to really understand a lot of that stuff. But I'm thankful as I really wouldn't have wanted to go through all of that. Anyway, we all chose that being within the comfort of our home would be best for him. His condition slowly worsened after a while and we could tell he was just becoming more tired. It's been a while since I heard this so my details might be a little janky. But it went something like this. I believe came within a week of his passing. As he was in a coma-like state, my father ended up having this dream my father was in Vietnam on the ground. While his father my grandpa was telling him my dad that they had to go. It wasn't something calm either. It was as if they were in the middle of some skirmish between them and the army of North Vietnam. If anything, it could have been some very coincidental thing. But who knows for sure? I sure don't. There is was a place at Aludid Air Base. In the Pal that's fuel storage and distribution yard before it moved to more permanent structures, called Boot Hill. It was a little circular path around and among little dioramas of various elements of Pal related work. A little wooden fuel truck for the distro element. A sample blivet full of sand for storage. That sort of thing. Well, along with these little displays, they were hundreds of pairs of old boots with deployment dates, little slogans, and names on them. Some of these boots dated back to the days of Prince Sultan Air Base back in the 90s. One poetic airman had written a variation of the inscription on Shakespeare's headstone, which I still remember. Friend, for the deed's sake forbear to take the boots entombed here blessed is he with pal roots but cursed be he who takes their boots. Pretty cool stuff. The spooky part is this Aludid is one of the busiest airfields on earth. Something is always taking off, landing, or circling overhead, often with afterburners. But on Boot Hill, it got real quiet. You could still hear all of this stuff going on, but it seemed muted and far away. It also seemed much cooler there than everywhere else. I still get a little creeped out thinking about it. I got a few. I grew up in an old, Victorian-era boarding house in Iva, SC. Everything about that town, that house and its surrounding area is just bugged up creepy. We saw and felt all kinds of weirdness in there. But that's only the beginning of my experiences. Hot spots, cold spots, apparitions of a man who looked like he was dressed in a suit and fedora who was always with a young woman who was wearing a dress. Like an old school teacher from when the house was used as a boarding house and the ghosts of people that had been lynched from an old pecan tree in my backyard. I am used to seeing some ducked up shit by this point, and that's only part of it. Fast forward to 2014. 
enlisted in the U.S. Navy, got assigned TAD to USS Starrett in between my A and C schools. I was coming back to the ship one night, and I see somebody aloft that's not right. Nobody's supposed to be aloft at night, but somebody probably got an okay for it somewhere. So whatever, I see them walking around. Then I get to the brow and look up, but don't see anybody. Hey, guess they went inside already, didn't think anything about it. The next morning, we go underway. I went up to the smoke deck late one night on that underway, and on my way there, I see the upper half of a guy's face and could see coveralls with his second-class crows visible through the porthole window on one of the airlock doors that you go through to go outside. I make eye contact and shuffle over to let him in. He shuffled over too. Okay, I'll open it. Guy, whatever. I open it, look around and don't see him. Hey, he probably went over for another cigarette. I climb up there and I see some people in the dark, faces occasionally lit by the cherry from their cigarette, but I don't see the guy. I ask if anybody saw somebody come up here, because there, was a guy that was about to hop through the airlock, but didn't. I just wanted to make sure that he's okay, you know. Silence. Then, you saw him, huh? Yeah dipshit. That's why I asked. Is that guy up here or what? Do we need to call away man overboard? No, he's dead. Uh, maybe not if we turn the duck around. No, I mean he hung himself. Really? No shit. Yeah, he was a CTR2 that got into a love triangle that went bad. He couldn't deal, so. Hey, actually come over here under this light. Okay, look up. This light was what he hung himself from. Sometimes you can see him walking around up there at night, and you'll feel a cold spot right here. Duck me. Anything else I ought to know? Yeah, let me show you Andrew Starrett's sword. It'll always shock you through the case, no matter how many times you touch it. Or if you touch some metal beforehand, ducking cool. Dude. Yeah, apparently he killed a kid with it, or something. Yeesh. Oh, and you're a sonar tech. Right. Yeah man, I am in our div right now, but yeah, okay. Go ask Chief Moon about the skid. I think she's in sonar right now anyway. Okay, I'll bite. I head back in and get down to sonar control. Chief Moon was there, and I ask her about the skid. Oh hell nah, that place freaks me the duck out. Okay, but why? What's the story? I gotta know now. Well, I went down there one time to get pressure readings because I was an STG-1 at the time and I was on duty. I saw a guy standing in the corner, back facing the ladder. I asked if he was okay, and he didn't reply, so I ducking booked. Duck that shit. I don't ever go down there at night. Yeah, but was it just somebody ducking with you? It sure as shit wasn't anybody that I recognized at all. So you tell me. Ooh, probably not. Yeah, and that's why I stay the duck out of there. I left after a bit, and figured that I'd check up on the skid anyway, just to see for myself. I got down there, and when I touched the hatch, I felt the same weirdness from when I was a kid. I went in anyway, cut on a light and didn't see anything but still felt that something was off. Everybody else that I asked said that it's creepy down there and that they don't go anywhere near the skid unless they really have to. Anyway, that's a few things that I saw out there. My old ship, USS Princeton chased a UFO one time, off the coast of Baja, and I saw some sort of submerged disc-like thing on sonar once. And any time that we'd go over shipwrecks, I would get a weird feeling out on the smoke deck. Anyway, that's enough for now. I gotta get back to work. Thanks peeps. Years ago I was once working a late night shift on an Air Force base. It was so late that we thinned out to minimum manning, which was me and four or five others. At the side of our aircraft hangar we had a crew room rest area recreation room. My small team walked in after a job to find it empty. Apart from this one guy sat down watching TV. 
My team sat down too and started making coffee and having a snack etc. Eventually after a while we started to whisper to each other do you know that guy? It soon came apparent that nobody recognized him as belonging on our squadron. If I remember, our NCO phoned the military police security force and the guy was taken away. I can only guess he was some random civilian who had jumped over the fence, walked across the entire airfield and sat down in our crew room. No ducks given. What amazes me the most about this, is this wasn't a ghost story but he was a genuine intruder who had mysteriously walked into in the middle of the Air Force base. And our small team was in the same room as him for quite a while before we twigged. We never found out who he was and I've never experienced anything like it before or since. Another thing. Working at Air Force's bases late at night I've seen some beautifully creepy weather phenomena. You could see a bank of fog one kilometer away and the fog will slowly start to move towards you. Slower than a walking pace like a creepy gas cloud. The line of fog straight is a ruler. It sounds insignificant and daft. But when there's only two of you working on the flight line at 4am it's quite an eerie sight. There's been other times when the layer of fog coming towards you had only been a few cm's thick and hovered at head height. You could see above and below it, like a sheet of paper held flat. It seems like a few of the stories mentioned here are very similar to that of the jinn. They say God created angels who had no free will. Jinn and mankind did. My story is something that happened at a military station. It was right in my home. Every time I write or speak about it, I still get goosebumps yeah got them again lol. We had a fire and had to leave the home for about a year. I left on vacation. The first day I got back, I decided to go back home as though the repairs and reinos were finally done. I go to sleep and after a few hours, I feel something pulling my blanket off of me. I kind of pull it back up and murmur something as my younger cousin used to do this when I was on vacation. Then it happens again and I am half asleep but realize I am alone at home. I feel something very very cold grab a hold of my left foot and pulling the blanket off of me again. There's a weird stench in the room. Can't really explain it. Just really really bad. My heart starts beating because I think it's an animal or something. I am blind with my glasses but as I start to turn to see what it is, I see a huge figure. Probably 7 or 8 feet bent over me. I can't see details because it is dark and I don't have my glasses on. It doesn't seem to want to hurt me but seems angry or frustrated. Sort of like what the hell are you doing on my bed? LOL. I start praying for dear life and when it got real close to me, I just kicked it and started chanting all the prayers I have ever known. I see my hockey stick and I grab it and swing as hard as I could a few times. It ran towards the kitchen and I could hear it hurting. Since I didn't have my glasses, I remember it was big and sort of like a white and greenish vertical dress shirt. I wanted to follow it but just cover myself in the blanket cause I am scared as. I stayed up as long as I could but eventually didn't hear anything and fell asleep. I woke up around noon and think it's a nightmare. Then I see the hockey stick beside me. I slowly walk towards the kitchen and I see some feathers and a crow with its ribs smashed in. No blood. On bird or stick. But the bird took a beating. I stayed up the next day waiting for revenge but never had anything similar happen inside the house since. Could never explain it. People think I made this up but then they see the goosebumps and aren't sure what to think hee hee. A few stories. 1-2013 I was stationed at McGuire AFB in New Jersey. I didn't have a car yet and wanted Wawa. Wawa is like a mile and a half outside the front gate. I was working night shift and had the night off. Didn't matter. Wawa was open 24-7. So I start my run and I run right past this dead deer. Like it looks like it was just hit too because even though it was dead, nothing was eating it or anything. So I continue running, get my wawa and start to run back. On my way back, I am on the other side of the street. I notice what I think is a naked homeless man chowing down on this carcass. It kinda looks at me and runs like Gollum into the woods right behind it. I honestly have no idea what DF I saw. I thought maybe a bear with mange. Alien. No heckin' clue. So I sprint back on base. Security forces at the gate have no idea what I am talking about. I get to my room, 
Find my phone and Google DF out of stuff. Best description and picture I can find is the New Jersey Devil. I stop running off base at night. To 2014 I went to a concert with my friend Heather I was serving with. Concert in Philadelphia. About 45 minutes away from base. On our way back. We're in the car for maybe 7 minutes. I was going slow because GPS wasn't working and I kinda knew my way back. Kinda didn't. And it took like 3 minutes just to get out of the parking lot. But from the time we started backing up, to 7 minutes later, we somehow traveled to Cherry Hill Mall which is at least 20-ish minutes away with no traffic and speeding. I think it was a wormhole. 3-2016 not mine but my supervisors. We were in Ali Al Salem, Kuwait. Supervisor said as he was walking from his den toward our place of work, he saw someone with a uniform he didn't quite recognize. Guy was moving slow and my supervisor tried to say something, but he just walked past him and when my supervisor turned around, he was gone. Another one of my supervisors said that he probably saw someone from the Gulf War that died here. Creepy. When I was in eastern Afghanistan Tongi Valley, Syedbad, Jagito, and everything between Kabul and Ghizni I saw lights dancing around the sky. Now, I am a huge nerd and wanted to be a pilot. To put this into context my reading was usually human factors in aviation or I'd be rereading a brief history of time so I was often looked at as the guy too smart to be enlisted. Just wanted yo put that out there to say I am not dumb or easily impressionable and I also know a thing or two about fixed wing aviation and have been around enough helicopters in combat to understand their maneuverability. So, anyway, during a few different missions I saw lights in the sky that would defy the laws of aerodynamics. It was an incredible display. Left right, up down, zigzag, sometimes super fast and sometime, stopping in midair. We were dug into the peak of a mountain, some of the highest in Afghanistan, so I had a crystal clear view of the sky. It was unlike any NATO bird I am aware of and displayed capabilities beyond what we have deployed were capable of. So, let's get another thing out of the way. My cop was at around 10k LB and when I first got there, it hurt to breathe let alone run around with 200 plus lobes on your back. You literally aren't allowed to leave the wire for two weeks just to get acclimated to the thin air so we regularly went on missions that would take us to mountains so high our Chinooks had to drop us off at a lower point because they can't go that high. I am pretty familiar with how our aviation fleet engages targets and sets up flight paths for gun runs. This thing, whatever it was, did not follow any recognizable patterns whatsoever, and would go so high it was getting lost amongst the stars, and it would zoom at the ground like it's going kamikaze. I had a buddy who was wounded and stuck in the DOC so he was there on the radio and can confirm we didn't have any birds in the air. I woke up my buddy next to me to see what I was seeing and he too was amazed and couldn't understand though he brushed it off to whatever badass new army tech is being used. So the only things I admittedly have very little knowledge about are drones, but I've actually seen a few videos on drones and they seem to be unable to pull off what I witnessed the lights doing. Lastly, at larger outposts there is a surveillance contraption that we set up, literally lying to the villagers and tell them it's a weather balloon lols but I've seen that thing up close. It's basically a blimp and it's even tethered to the outpost so it's literally just like hovering, not going anywhere, keeping eyes on the surrounding area, so it couldn't be that either. To this day, I have no clue what it could've been. I saw it on three different occasions, two of which while on a mountain top, another while at an outpost. At the end of the day, I can't pretend I know what every military element in Afghanistan is up, but when my dude at the TOC says no one called in air support, my buddy dug in next to me confirms I am not just seeing shit and he sees it too, and my pretty well-rounded education can't make sense of it. I know it's worth my curiosity. I've got a few ha, first time was in MCT at Camp Lejeune, they always said this one area of the woods was haunted but I was always like yeah ducking right, 
So me and this one other dude have to take out trash late one night and he's too scared to walk in the woods so I do it. As I am tossing the bags over I distinctly heard footsteps in a puddle right behind me. I figured it was the other dude, but nobody was there when I turned around. It was a sizable clearing, and there were no animals around either. I asked the guy about it but he basically said duck this and ran off. Another time when I was in Oki, everyone in my unit was convinced our barracks was haunted by some old guys from World War II. On a side note, superstition is taken very seriously by the locals there, and they've been known to halt construction on buildings and not man posts because of ghosts. Anyways, I wake up to a slight earthquake one night, which is normal. But I noticed that none of my model Gundams are rocking like they usually do, especially when the room feels like it's rocking that hard. I said duck it and tried to go back to sleep. I start feeling footsteps on my bed, like my cat walking across. Now I am pretty scared, cause so many people in my shop have personal ghost stories, and I had no explanation for this one. I decide if it is a demon or something. I needed to see so I counted to three and opened my eyes, but nothing was there. When I was a young military wife I lived with my husband on a support site near Naples, Italy. They had row after row of brand new apartments that had never been lived in before. We were assigned to one of these buildings. It was next to many other brand new buildings each housing several apartments. They were pretty standard military housing except that because we were in Italy we enjoyed the extra luxury of wraparound decks although there wasn't much to see since the support site was stuck in the middle of farmland but the southern Italian sun was spectacular. Immediately next to our apartment block was an empty section of ground that looked like it had been partially excavated in preparation for another building but then halted and a large fence was wrapped around the whole area. When we asked about it we were told that Etruscan ruins had been found in that location and so building was halted. It was also suggested to us by the housing office that they thought it might have actually been an Etruscan burial site. My husband and I thought that was really awesome as we have always been big history enthusiasts. We settled quickly into our new apartment on the second floor of our apartment block along with our cat Merlin. Almost immediately I started experiencing strange noises. Doors would open and close, items on shelves would go sliding around, and footsteps could sometimes be heard that seemed to be coming from our hallway not from the other couples above or below us. Lots of little stuff would happen but most of it I could write off as a new building settling or if. My cat was not in sight then I would just blame him. However on occasion my cat would be sitting in my lap and I would hear something crash or bang or move that I really could not explain. My husband was usually away at his job so he rarely experienced any of this himself or would come home too tired to notice or care. So it was becoming a bit frustrating. I gave the situation a great deal of thought and finally decided that the best solution would be to adopt the cute little stray cat that always greeted us when we went for walks in the evening. That way I could always blame at least one cat for noises even if the other was in my lap. My husband agreed to this with reservations as it required delousing the new cat and getting it fully vetted cost money. Also the cat tried to eat my husband's thumb while we were trying to give her a bath and much needed flea dip. However the cat settled in nicely after a somewhat rocky start and soon became part of the family. Also I became less bothered by noises because just as I suspected I was able to blame most of it on one or the other cat. Then one night I was sitting in my big papa saw chair with my two cats facing the kitchen with the open par that looked onto the kitchen in typical Italian style. Both cats were on my lap and purring quietly. I was probably reading a book when something caused me to look up and towards the cabinets in the kitchen. It might have been a rattle or a sound. I can't remember for certain. What I do remember clearly is that when I looked up just one of my kitchen cabinet doors flew wide open and all of my pans came flying out of it and onto the floor. For a few seconds me and the cats just sat there completely stunned. As all three of us tried to understand what had just occurred. Then the cats jumped down and ran off and hid. I remained where I was and just sighed then said out loud okay. Good one. You got me there. And I went back to my book. 
Sometime shortly after that we moved onto the economy. Not because of the ghosts but because living on the US support site was kind of boring and I wanted the experience of actually living in and with the Italian people. We ended up in an amazing villa where I could look out my balcony and see the ruins of the Cave of the Sibyl and the Temple of Apollo and only a couple of blocks from the Arco de Felice. In spite of our new proximity to some of the most renowned ancient sites in all of Italy and possibly the world, I never again experienced anything as unexplainable and strange as I did on that support site. I have always wondered if anyone else in those apartments ever had strange things happen. Unfortunately I have not yet met anyone with whom I can compare notes. I have never seen anything creepy that Occam's razor didn't have a reasonably rational explanation for. However, it wasn't until I was manning a guard post out in the Omani desert overnight that I discovered what a little sleep dap and the wind can do to you. I've been on checkpoints in six states and five countries in all sorts of terrain, sometimes with days without sleep. So I am familiar with what is and isn't unusual. This guard shack was about 300 meters out from the small camp itself, which had a couple Omanis manning it. Light traffic on the highway a click away, two three cars an hour. And my buddy was sitting in a parked Humvee behind the shack, I forget, the model, but it's one of those up-armored Humvees that seal noise inside really well. All in all it was dead silent. Aside from the constant strong wind, at about 2300, I heard whispered voices. I couldn't understand what they were saying. But it sounded like English. I put my Kevlar on PPE was required thinking the Sagar PL had come up to check on us. I walked around the shack, but no one was there. I opened up the Humvee and asked if he'd heard anything or was playing a video on his phone. And he wasn't. So I went back inside and shrugged it off. At midnight, I heard the voices again, and got up to look around. Asked my buddy again, and again was met with a confused shrug. I intermittently kept hearing people talking all through the night but chalked it up to the wind. In retrospect I have to assume some guys were talking back at the camp somewhere I couldn't see them. And the wind was carrying the voices all the way to me, which had happened once or twice in deserts before, but never so clearly. Or that the wind was creating some kind of effect with the rickety shack itself and my brain read into it. One way or another, the voices creeped me the duck out, and I didn't have any problems staying awake that night. Active duty infantrymen here. During basic training, we left the barracks to do some training for the day. When we came back, all of our shoes and boots were thrown all over the bay. There were shoes and boots all over the place. What's weird is that once we started organizing our boots the way our drill sergeants instructed us to at the beginning of the cycle, it never happened again. Spooky huh? Stuff like this happened all the time. Like this one time, our drill sergeant tipped over every bunk in the room and threw all the mattresses and sheets around because someone had left their bunk undone. Well he left and about 7 minutes later he walked back in. And to his surprise all of the beds were perfectly aligned and made to standard. Come on, don't tell me you don't believe in ghosts after that. Thanks for watching. Don't leave before leaving a like to this video. Also hit the subscribe button to support my work. And as always, have a horrific nightmare my dear.